0: Uh, first of all, thank you for being here. And uh, uh, my name is Larissa Kasigina. I am from Institute of Economics, uh, which is situated in Novosibirsk, uh, which is in uh, um, in the Asian part, on the bo- in the border region with Kazakhstan. And in the map which I am going to present, you will see where is this city. But and. Uh, um, this uh, paper, I mean, uh, first of all, I, I, I think that uh, the previous, uh, while the previous uh, papers discussed uh, perhaps in identity and perhaps it's like modes, uh, represented in the frame of modes of belonging in transnational translational field. Uh, I would say I would talk more maybe about modes of being, or perhaps to establishing these modes of being uh, in transnational. Uh, and first of all, uh, uh, construction. Uh, what influence uh, emerging of transnational activities, and through these uh, transnational activities, uh, uh, so transnational uh, uh, social space, so to speak and um, first of all this paper discussed some preliminary results of my ongoing research project uh, uh, foreign citizens uh, in um, uh, uh, Novosibirsk region, factors in the construction of transnational practices and it is the part of the umbrella research project of my institute uh, which is not only my institute of several uh, institutes of Russian Academy of Science Uh, um, and project is cross-border relations in the Asian part of Russia a comprehensive assessment of benefits and risks and it's funded by Russian Academy of Science. Uh, this is umbrella project as I said it's much more like consortium and then it's like uh, a lot of researchers from different disciplines uh, coming and do this uh, big project Economists, geographers uh, sociologists and demand um, sociologists is, um, I am <laughs> situated um, mm, so uh, first of all I think uh, the aim of my project to explore uh, my own uh, part of this project to explore migrants' understanding so their migration process and the factors facilitating or limiting their transnational activity, including transnational migration, because uh, transnational activity can be different, not only geographical movement across the borders, but also telephone calls and communi- different other communication. And theoretical framework uh, is a sphere sort of structuration and uh, I'm following implication of that theory uh, to the study of uh, migration on post-Soviet space uh, undertaken by British uh, researchers in area studies, Hilary Pilkerton and Moya Flynn. Both of them, uh, Hilary Pilkerton did uh, her research. In, um, and published her book in 1998. So she was focused more on the na- immigration in this area in 90s. And for Flynn and so also took like her. <laughs> um, after after her did another period. And then, then I took uh, uh, and, uh, and I just proceed with that research. So some kind of um, some kind of. Uh, some uh, continuation but um, I would and uh, uh, the research methods which are employed are semi-structural interviews, expert interviews, analysis of legislation, analysis of official statistics and uh, the prime, uh, um, well, the principal uh, research method is semi-structured interviews and what I am going to present now it's mainly based, uh, not mainly based, but the ideas which I'm going to present comes from uh, the interviews because according to the theory of structuration, uh, and, uh, like, uh, these individuals are knowledgeable and my approach to that it's going through interviews and what things uh, uh, for, Themes are emerging, and then referring to uh, I refer to literature and uh, uh, um, analysis of legislation. But it's difficult to say uh, that uh, I like my analysis of interviews are not informed by my knowledge of situation in the country and in the region and I did before research and I did before legislation analysis a lot. So certainly I could not say that all the ideas spring out of my uh, analysis of interviews. And first of all, I want, first of all, <laughs> I want to start with the context. Uh, this is a page from the uh, uh, book, uh, like The Atlas of Human Migration, Global Patterns of People on the Move, uh, published in 2010. So it's just put a copy of that. Um, it is what is it about in 1991 uh, perhaps maybe uh, the, the new um, the new place of international migration emerged uh, due to the collapse of the, or the collapse of disintegration of the Soviet Union into 15 independent states um, it's uh, disintegrated neatly along the administrative borders of that uh, republics which constitute Russian Federation and to say that and this needle administrative board and this administrative borders were not like they were drawn by Soviet governments like the, during the 70 years they were changing a lot uh, but it was imposed uh, borders uh, but and that maybe perhaps would be interesting to see in further When I will speak of speak about the process of renationalization nationalization uh, which is going on in the new independent states now. Uh, so, uh, whatever borders existed, they were taken for granted as a borders uh, which is uh, naturally set, and the country disintegrated in according to these administrative borders. And now, uh, um, at present, the majority of uh, I call. Um, uh, all these states participate in one migration system centered on Russia. In the literature, this system is called the Eurasian migration system, and experts po- uh, point out that the formation of this system was greatly influenced by the fact that previously the majority of its participants, uh, consti- in, I mean uh, countries, uh, have constituted one country uh, while still part of one geopolitical unit. They shared one and the same range of social institutions including one system of education, political system, economy uh, of the just very very integrated uh, and uh, um, shared common uh, infrastructure starting with roads uh, and uh, uh, lines of electricity and uh, And also at the point of the breakdown of the Soviet Union, the entire population uh, of the Soviet Union knew the Russian language, and many people living in one republic of the Soviet Union uh, had social ties with people living in another or other uh, uh, new independent parts of the Soviet Union. Uh, Due to the, again, like people, mm, there was practice to send children to study somewhere in other part of the country. And then there was the and still is the obligatory constriction, army constriction, when the person is serving in the army, not because he is choosing, but because he is obliged to. And that was also the big uh, mix. It was a policy that the person from one, uh, in, this, in one place should uh, serve her, his service somewhere in another place of Russia, of Soviet Union, so there was a lot of mix-up. People just went to the holidays, made connections, and they live in one country, they were mobile inside that country, they made connections, and that's what perhaps at the, when it was the breakdown of the Soviet Union facilitated. Our, um, um, uh, Than uh, creation of the n- social networks, uh, but uh, uh, certainly uh, those and other factors from the common past of new independent countries could be considered as the basis for initial formation of Europe. Eurasian migration system, but certainly the further evolution of the system uh, was informed not only by the past, but also by current economic, uh, political, and social-demographical situation in these countries and in the world in general. I would like to draw your attention that while this map shows that uh, in this migration, migration system Uh, participate also China, North Korea, even people from Vietnam is coming to Russia and also Turkish people uh, uh, but it's like now it's uh, considered to be another migration system, I don't know, but uh, uh, the majority of people comes from the former Soviet republics and um, uh, let's say that if you see that the line is uh, the number of people arrived to Russian Federation in total and uh, this the number of people arrived to Russia from former Soviet republics. It's official data and we need to take into consideration uh, that uh, while the people who come from like other countries uh, in total, they are going from visa regime and they are, uh, these uh, people from uh, former Soviet republics uh, comes without visa, we have uh, non-visa regimes with the majority of uh, former Soviet uh, republics. So, and uh, it's official data, but nobody knows how comes uh, in without uh, registering and then perhaps numbers could be more. And this also the, the show that uh, while coming, uh, they coming, they, they go out from the country less. Um, and then, as a result, we have uh, uh, the uh, uh, it's migration growth. It's migration growth due the uh, migration exchange with the former Soviet Republic, and this is migration growth due to extension with other countries. And uh, uh, if you see, uh, it is, uh, I did this graph uh, uh, by myself and available of the uh, books of statistics, it's from 1998, you see it still was this, uh, my, uh, um, the, um, Russia received more uh, than, uh, more people came, came to Russia from of the Republic than they went out. No, uh, went to the, the, from uh, from it uh, but actually that was uh, other uh, situation back in 90 uh, uh, it, uh, 1970s when the uh, the the situ- the the uh, uh the Russia uh, from Russia, uh, Russia expanded like sending uh, people to the like say other parts of uh, um, the country of the Soviet Union so uh, and now this is the uh, case uh, that uh, so Kazakhstan is uh, borders Russia um, um, no, Russian itself. And uh, uh, this is quite long uh, uh, border, 7,000 uh, kilometers, and it's landlocked at mainly steep and plains. Now this new emerged border, it's not very I mean, uh, so there is no facilities there, so that you, you can cross it, but uh, certainly it's not uh, like uh, maybe possible. Uh, you know, but anyway, uh, Novosibirsk region is one has border with Kazakhstan and Novosibirsk is here. So uh, my interviews were with, uh, with the um, um, Kazakh citizens who live now in uh, uh, Novosibirsk region. And about, about my maybe ten structural interviews I had so far. It's uh, primal, primal, primal. The first set of interviews, it's nine uh, only, uh, but it's different age and ethnicity, it's not only in Kazakhs but also Russians and people who actually very confused about the, identifying the ethnicity, it was like very mixed uh, approach. So, and then the interview was focused on their practice, but no time was asking what What do you do? Like, are you transnational or something? Maybe well, they don't maybe even know that words, but uh, through what they are doing, how they are organizing their life. And uh, what I found that uh, we can, uh, um, I mean, I forgot to say that uh, the part we uh, the, again, uh, migration between Novosibirsk and Kazakhstan makes the major part of their rivals to the region and uh, actually uh, the um, growth, how they say, the volume of migration between this very high uh, in comparison with other, and this is numbers of, uh, how many people are actually like residing in country, in uh, for, uh, of of um, uh, so this is like foreign citizens all together, and this is Kazakhs, uh, citizens of Kazakhstan. And uh, uh, so, from um, point of view that I, um, there are I taking this, I took from uh, Thomas Fay's classification. Uh, transnational small groups and transnational circuits. Uh, uh, that is what arise uh, from interviews. These two types of the uh, social spaces were formed. Uh, so while instrumental exchange between people who share common interest in some f- in, uh, um, uh, forms transnational circuits. In my uh, uh, research, it was pitched tran- like transnational professional fields. Uh, the uh, the links which are based on reciprocity and emotions uh, and links family members, close friends. Uh, this is uh, small kinship groups uh, like transnational uh, transnational small groups. Uh, and uh, then how the uh, people, pro- so my respondents could be both, uh, all of them were in trans- uh, had ties which form uh, the transnational small groups, um, but some of them also uh, had ties which uh, build transnational professional uh, space and transnational services. Uh, so, so, so how they use here? They this use to access the resources uh, in both cases, but also here satisfy feeling of attachment to the members of this group and then I want to um, i want to uh, point this attention to that transnational ties mobility of people and mobility of borders so to the past again that these uh, transnationality emerged not so much uh, not but in some cases it emerged from mobility of people from the new emerging borders but besides that there were cases as uh, with uh, when the transnational ties emerged from mobility of borders when both this emerged once uh, uh, after the collapse of the Soviet Union, and I see that it's quite particular case of Soviet Union uh, and perhaps other countries like Czechoslovakia or maybe as well Yugoslavia could could be. And then I am integrating so from the um, uh, from the uh, interviews emerged that the uh, uh, so following process uh influencing transnational uh, practices of my respondents like supranationalization construction of geopolitical units which are not simply the sum of national units internationalization maintaining strengthening relation interaction between sovereign states irrational and renationalization the process of the creation and of strengthening borders uh, not only territorial but separating those who belong to the nation and those who don't. It. And this is from his uh, as a, so a geographer. And uh, so in my case, we can supranationalize Creation of a common economical space. So our government, Russian government, is still is uh, very concerned uh, with the loss of its influence on the post-Soviet space. So it uh, does a lot to recreate, or somehow, uh, in some form, this uh, former uh, whatever influence. And the, the recently, in, ni- in to first. Uh, January 2012, the common economic space emerged, that means the, uh, for, for what that mean for people. It means first of all it, that uh, the regulation on the borders became very flexible. Not flexible. That's just you can cross border with, if you are Kazakh citizen or Russian citizen without any trouble. Nobody will check you. Nobody will uh, uh, check your bags or something. And, and although. Before these countries had visa-free regime, uh, the check on the borders made a lot of hassle for people to cross it. Internationalization, like a lot, a lot of intergovernment, uh, inter-government uh, programs exist now between Russia and uh, Kazakhstan. And that uh, means, for example, that uh, uh, programs in education, and for, uh, some of my respondents came uh, to study in Russia for, by, for free because of that uh, relationships. Uh, and uh, that is only one example how it facilitates the transport of the communication. And at the end, uh, but not least, uh, the, uh, uh, the last. It renaissance That means uh, that now, when, when the Soviet Union collapsed, these fifteen republics left with the idea of building the nation stuff. And one of, the, and it's also. Um, Resulted in some migration policy. For example, in Russia, we have uh, um, repatriation some kind program for the Russians abroad to come, and of uh, um, and Kazakh. The Kazakhstan also have programs for Aralman's program to assisting people who are considered to be compatriots living abroad in their move to and settlement in their historic homeland, and so that is exchange. Some people come there, some people there, but still they still have uh, connections uh, there uh, in the country where they came from, and uh, yeah so that's mostly uh, what i wanted to talk about and I, now i want to say that uh, what is the prospect, uh, perspective of the research to see more and more detail how this process influence two uh, um, indicated transnational fields uh, transnational small groups and transnational professional circuits yeah but also i that's 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 for, for the future <laughs> thank, Lisa, thank you so much.